Well, welcome back to the podcast, Miss Carrie Wright. Uh, you've done a lot since we've seen you last. I was actually pulling up Google Maps so you can tell me where you went and I can like literally follow along the whole way. Okay. <laughs> I can send you the whole itinerary. <laughs> now, nah, just give me what... So, as everyone knows, Carrie is one of our long, long-time friends um, and... She recently went on an awesome trip to Italy. Is that the only? Yep. Yeah. Italy. Italy? Is that how you pronounce it? (laughs) Italy. Oh my God. How do you pronounce it? (laughs) (laughs) Am I saying it wrong? Italy. (laughs) No. Italy. Um, So yeah. What spurred that trip on? Let us just tell us everything. Let's dive on in. Let's dive on in. Uh, Well, I've been planning this trip for a long time. Um, and honestly, I think what spurred it on originally was probably just like something I saw on Pinterest, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but then I learned about, uh, the Cicada Ridgeline or the Cicada Ridgeline. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but it's this incredible, uh, mountaintop in the Dolomites. And I just really wanted to go there. I think I saw some videos of some hikers that went there um, in the spring when wildflowers were in bloom. So then I was like, that's what I want to do. And from there, it just kind of, I like to be efficient. So I was like, since I'm going to be over there, I want to do as much as I possibly can. And so it just kind of turned into this huge road trip and so i knew kind of early on planning that i wanted to have control over like my schedule and so i wanted Mm -hmm. it to be like a road trip and rent my own car and not have to worry about buses and trains and stuff and i i think that was my best decision um but yeah so it's been was that a hard process though no car over there no What's it's very it's they drive on <laughs> they drive on the same side of the road as us i did look into that um most of the cars there are manual transmission though they don't have like here i feel like it's most of the cars are automatic yeah and um it's the opposite there so that was a little bit i learned i originally learned how to drive on a manual and so i was like oh this will be no problem i'll just like relearn real quick before I go mm-hmm. <laughs> and then so I I did kind of relearn um but then I I decided probably I should just pay extra to rent an auto an automatic transmission um I just didn't want to be like stranded somewhere with a language barrier like I didn't want to have to worry about it yeah um, no I totally get that but yeah road trip was the way to go for sure and where did you um, start this venture like where'd you fly into to rent your car i know i just looked up the ridge ridge line i flew in and out of venice the marco polo airport um so that's where i started my my trip was in Uh, venice i had like two days in venice which honestly was more than enough time. I feel like I could have done it in just one day. Hmm. What um, did you focus on mainly? Did you like, cause like we've talked about that before. Do you focus on like going and visiting like the cool natural things or like the human historical stuff? You know what I mean? So like, what did you, how did you decide? Oh gosh. It was different for each stop I made. Um, there was definitely some, Well, so I was also working on 
this coffee table book that I wanted to make. And so I kind of went into the trip thinking like, I definitely, there's some like photo spots I want to hit. Yeah. Um, so that was a main focus was like scenery, but then I also, I don't know, like, um, in Venice, I knew I wanted to go to, um, the famous, uh, Cafe Florian, which is like the oldest coffee shop in Italy that's wow. still standing. And so that was when really was do cool. you know when it was when it was when was it founded? Oh, eighteen like something. Okay, okay. I Dang. can look it up real quick. But yeah, old. Old. It was very cool. How um do you even, like know about that. <laughs> just Google. You know I mean? I, I've been Googling for years. <laughs> that is so funny. Raised on okay. Google, baby. Yeah. Um what else did I do? So in, I, I went on a gondola ride in Venice. That was really fun. I went, um, at like midnight and I thought, I thought it was going to be like twinkly lights, really romantic. And it was just pitch black. Like, I don't know if Venice (laughs) doesn't have like modern electricity, but like there was no lights on in any windows. And once you get off of the main canal, the grand canal, there are no lights and like the buildings scary it was not scary it was eerie I was like I feel like I'm going to Hogwarts right now like you know that scene (laughs) where they're on the boat so then the stargazing had to have been lovely just in the middle of the city if there's no light pollution then it was kind of like I didn't see any in Venice I did see stars later on in the trip but I didn't Mm -hmm. in Venice but also the buildings go up so tall that when you look up you really only see like a sliver oh i see so even like the moon the moonlight wasn't even coming in through these canals it was dark um so it's kind of man cool. that you would could... freak me out <laughs> it was a little bit i don't bit know freaky. if you guys are like this i convince myself that there are things hiding in the dark <laughs> You know what I mean? Whenever I go camping or something like in the natural world, like it's not like I don't get scared of bears or murder psychopaths in the woods. I'm scared of like ghosts and spirits. Yeah. Like it's super like I'm scared of like the completely irrational type of. Yeah. I'm like there's actual things that can hurt you present and mm-hmm. i'm not scared of that i'm I'm like scared of like the, the banshee that's going to be in this woods that i'm pretending <laughs> exists and you know. Yeah. And also to preface this story, Carrie, this is what's most amazing to me about this trip is like you went alone. Oh, yeah. You were by yourself. Yeah. Not that you were by yourself, maybe there the whole time. But like, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I I don't I would get scared if I was by myself. Yeah. There's a lot of dark places around. I'd get scared. No one would be there to be rational with me about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's the gondolier, you know, there was a point. Um just wrapping up the gondola ride there was a point where we kind of like turned down a different canal and around the corner was like an alleyway that you couldn't see until you were around the corner and right there on the water's edge there was just this man just like standing there and it scared the crap out of me and I'm pretty sure like I like (laughs) jumped and made the gondola like move a little bit um so that was a, a jump scare but no it was good and going alone was Oh my God, everyone there was incredibly kind and welcoming. And oh, you'd love to see that. Yeah. And I had learned a bit of Italian before I went, and I had read online um, that anywhere you travel to, if there's going to be a language barrier, like at least learn 
some key phrases that you know you'll need and at least try and um and they'll be like more than willing to help you and that was so true like every starting from the car rental at the airport like i spoke italian and they upgraded me to a brand new car um the hotels oh, wow. upgraded me there was oh, one wow. it was amazing and there's one point i was at a restaurant by myself there was nobody else eating in there and i put my order in in italian and I, everyone can probably tell that like i just learned italian and mm-hmm. it's not my yeah. main language <laughs> but um the guy, I assume he was the owner of the restaurant. He was like, great. And he goes in the back. And then all of a sudden, Kelly Clarkson starts playing on the radio. <laughs> and he comes out. He comes out and he's like, you like Kelly Clarkson? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, they're just so nice. And like, they try to make you feel so comfortable. Um, but yeah, that was really funny. So <laughs> but yeah, if you go anywhere, try to learn at least a few phrases in the language. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it sounds it's like super respectful to do that. Yeah. Yes. And Absolutely. that cracks me up that to make you feel more comfortable about being there, they put Kelly Clarkson on. I know. It's I was like, good choice. Funny. That's so funny. Yeah. We've been That's looking so into cool. going to Europe next summer and we like looking at this stuff, like you say, like everyone was super welcoming and awesome, but like, a lot of like the things we read on Google, I mean, how, I mean, everyone's got their own store, but like a lot of people kind of profess the, the disdain that Europeans have for Americans. Yeah. And, well, it, and it can be hostile and like kind of unwelcoming to us, you know, I will say in the bigger cities where tourists tend to go, I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy my time in the bigger cities as much like Florence and Rome, beautiful, but just very very hectic and busy and i can definitely see that um but also you have to keep in mind that people when leaving reviews people are more inclined to leave Leave a bad rant yeah rant about Mm -hmm. a negative experience than to be like oh i had a lovely time i'm gonna go write a review about it but i i could see that as Mm -hmm. well i luckily didn't run into it very much but i also did not spend very much time in the bigger cities yeah Well, and I think it is what you said about, you know, just trying, trying to learn more about the culture that you are going to go visit. You are going to go, not like, I don't want to say intrude, but you know, you, you don't live there all the time. Yeah. So you kind of are as a tourist, you know, you're kind of intruding a little. And so to have some respect about, you know, the culture, the people and learning the language that makes me think so you went to Italy and we're going to keep talking about your Italy trip, but like we went to Hawaii recently and that was a big thing too, was, you know, when it comes to native Hawaiians and, you know, their whole family, their whole, you know, ancestry is on these islands. How do they feel about tourism? And it's kind of split in their, you know, opinion about it all. But yeah, I think you, learning the culture and like trying to try you know with the language and stuff i think that speaks a lot to you know you are trying to respect this place and these people yeah for allowing and you I to also, like come too i also really really wanted to experience like real italy while mm-hmm. i was there and so like i did go i went and stopped and i saw the coliseum and it was cool but I I stayed at like a couple farms while I was there and I stayed with a couple families and that was by far like in my opinion way cooler than really yeah um how did you get hooked up with these people how did you know them (laughs) well 
so one of them um, was like a family owned winery and they have uh, a hotel that they, they have like an ad for their hotel on like Travelocity or like the booking sites. Okay. And so I had booked the hotel, not knowing that it was a family owned winery until like a week before I went and I was like finalizing all my plans and everything. So that was lucky and they were amazing. Um, but then the farm that I stayed at, I booked that through Airbnb and it was cheap and I like I will be back to that farm if I ever get married I'm gonna get married on that farm like it was magical <laughs> it was it, it's tied for my favorite part of the trip there's one other part that I think is also probably my favorite but the farm for sure it was an olive oil farm so they had like oh. olive trees but then they also had all these animals but they they're not really like using the animals for anything they're just like they have a horse named Gina. They just got a second horse I saw on Instagram. Um, <laughs> they have some goats. They've got chickens, cats, dogs, like, and they just, they just open the gates and let the animals go wherever they want. They mingle with each other. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And how many days did you stay with them? So, okay, wait, you, you went to Venice and then you said you went to Florence and Rome. Well, so I went from Venice, I went straight up to the Dolomites to hike the Sacita Ridge line. Okay. Um, Which so is that was... awesome. People need to look that up. I just looked oh, it up. Oh, God. It's so and beautiful. It's really cool. I saw it on your story <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, fire. Uh, see, and it doesn't even like there are so many creators who do like have that footage of it that's way better than the footage I got. Like, I, I just have my phone, but. And of yeah, course, but it's don't never discredit do it yourself. Justice. You're really, really good really at weird. you know taking photos and videos Thank with your you. phone. Like, <laughs> don't discredit that. Thanks. Um, but that was really cool. One thing that I did not know until I was there is in northern Italy, it definitely felt more like Switzerland and Germany, and they actually like it's very common for everyone up there to speak five languages which is oh, Italian, wow. French, German, Dutch, and English. And I did not know that. Um, and it, and I think like near where I was at in the Dolomites, they spoke Dutch more than they spoke Italian. Mm. And so okay. I was like woefully, like I went into a cafe and I was like, uh, <laughs> and that's when they were like, which language do you want? And I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> Um, English, please. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you got yeah. options, just choose. <laughs> yeah. Also, my car, the GPS was, uh, I couldn't figure out how to get it to uh, speak English. And so the car the whole time was in Italian. So I picked up a few things from the car. Um, oh, that's sick. That's, that's like the idea. best way to learn languages, though, is to just completely yeah. immerse yourself in the unknown of it all. You'll pick it up the fastest, right? Is that the way to yeah. do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably tell us what left and right is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from the Dolomites, um, I'm trying to remember like the exact order of everything. From the Dolomites, I went down to Lake Garda. Or no, um, I stayed in Bolzano, which was at the winery. I'm pulling um, I, my map. I know, I, I have my map. Nice. That was a good call. I should have done that earlier. <laughs> um, and driving in Northern Italy was my favorite especially like at this point other than venice i was kind of going like to small towns and taking back roads mm -hmm. it was lovely and like all of their roads are so skinny and they don't mm -hmm. have traffic lights they have roundabouts and so really 
like I was worried about the narrow roads that that Mm -hmm. would be like stressful but really because the roads are so narrow like the only law you have to follow is common sense because you can't pass people uh you got to get over as far as you can and like it I don't know it just was way simpler and fun like the roads were twisty and curvy and all that Um, (laughs) that's awesome and I'll, you know, we've talked about this, Brianna, that I just love driving in general. Like I've said before, the driver's seat is like my happy place. Yes. Um. So it was really fun driving and like having the views. It's mountains all around in Northern Italy. It's the Dolomites, the Alps. And um, so that was good time to reflect and just, I don't know. It was magical. It was magical. Yes. <laughs> um. So from Bolzano, I went to Lake Garda and that was kind of a rainy day. So I didn't get as much like outdoor sightseeing done that day. Um, and then from Lake Garda, I went up a little ways again to Lake Como and that was really fun. And that's actually where my other favorite part of the trip happened. Um, I actually, this whole day was really magical. <laughs> um, so I went to Lake Como and I drove through Como, which is like the main city and it was quite busy and I was getting hungry. And so I just, I was like, whatever the next little town is along the lake, it's just like packed, like little towns right next to each other. Mm -hmm. I was like, whatever the next little town is, I'm going to find a parking spot and get out and start walking around and get something to eat. But it's so busy. Like the weather was beautiful. It was a Saturday. It was like, 65 degrees and so it was busy and I finally found a spot to park which parking there is a true test of your abilities as well um (laughs) but I found a place to park I get out and like the first restaurant I see I walk into and I noticed right off the bat that they had all these U.S. Uh, license plates hanging on the wall and I was like oh what are the odds that I just walked into like Mm -hmm. this U.S. themed restaurant and I walk in a little further and I realize that um, A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton is playing on the radio. And I love Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> and I started crying. I literally was standing there crying because I, this was like day four or five or something like that. And I was like a little bit sleep deprived from all the exploring and, you know, being in the car all the time. And I walk in and I was like, what? It's like home. <laughs> I just started <laughs> crying. Um, so that was really fun. Not my favorite part, but that was really fun. Um, <laughs> and then I did a ton of exploring around Lake Como. Um, I found this pair of swans that were swimming there that I got to get up real close to and get some cool footage of them. But then when I left, this was my favorite part. When I left, there was a traffic jam from Como traffic was backed up all the way to the town that I was in, which I can't even remember the name of now, but, um, only going in one way, which was the way I was going. It was all backed up. People were like parking their cars and leaving them, like getting out, having parties on the side of the road. Like it was one of those, it was bad. And I originally, for a little while, I like parked my car and I was like chit-chatting with some people, but I also had like places to go. I had yeah. a strict schedule to follow. <laughs> so 
I kept trying to get my GPS to reroute and it wouldn't, it was acting like there were no other routes out of the area. And I was like, this can't be right. So I turned my GPS off and I just followed the map, like trying to connect all these back roads together to get back to the highway. And I found this road that was going to get me to where I needed to go. So I start going, the sun is setting and there's nobody on this road, like nobody, but it has all these mountain switchbacks. So it's like all these 180 degree turns. And so I wanted to get out of the switchbacks before the sunset completely. Cause I just didn't want to drive them in the dark. And so I was like speeding. I was going so fast and oh I had gosh. so much adrenaline and like the sun was setting and I was taking these curves on like two wheels. I was like, <laughs> I could die at any moment, but like, this is so fun. And it was very stupid doing that in a rental car in a foreign country, but it was so fun by far, <laughs> probably my favorite part of the trip. I, and like I said, I just love driving. So it was really fun. Um, but yeah, Lake Como was a good time. How much, like, what was the average like time you span you were driving a day? I planned I, it, I planned ahead, it to where I was only doing about two to three hours a day. And I would plan it okay. to where I would either like wake up early and get to my next town, or I would spend like a full day somewhere and then drive a couple hours to the hotel and then just crash. So mm. I tried to plan it to where I wasn't driving in the middle of the day or anything like that. It was morning or night. That's probably a good plan. Yeah. And sometimes it was even less than than that, than two or three hours. So I get like kind of like live. We live in a, like a very big country here. And, you know, driving from like one end of a country to the other is, I mean, an 18 a hour journey. Day, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And when I think of like driving through the country of Italy, I'm like, well, it's 18, you know, but it's <laughs> not like I was it's just not. like we were looking at, at <laughs> like flying to Ireland next summer and getting to somewhere and i was like dang that's a whole country away and it's like three hour drive and i'm like oh that's right the it's entire, much smaller than america is the entire country of ireland is smaller than the state of kansas that and i just I, I, it's just that's tough wild. for me to wrap my head around yeah um and actually so since i flew out of venice as well um i actually the last day of the trip I drove from the southernmost point of my itinerary back to Venice in one day. It was like eight hours. Was that a nice drive? Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. Eight hours is a full Tuscany. day's drive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. How was the, did you experience any jet lag or how did you like build yourself up to that? And what was the flight like? The flight I actually... say, let's, okay. I was going to say answer the latter first and the former second. Okay. The flight was not bad. I I flew economy, whatever the, you know, aisle 47. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it was, it wasn't bad on the way there. I took sleeping pills because I didn't want the jet lag. I wanted like to be really well rested when I got there. Cause I was getting there in the morning, their time. And when and did you on the leave way, here? I left here at like noon. And then I got there, granted with layovers and everything included, I got there at like 9 a.m. The next day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so on the way there, <laughs> I took 
sleeping pills at like 6 p.m. our time. So mm-hmm. I went to bed at 6 p.m. But then um, I was well rested. There was a couple nights the first week I was there where I would wake up and be wide awake at like two o'clock in the morning and I just couldn't get back to sleep. Um, but other than that, I didn't really feel groggy or anything on the way back. I tried to stay awake on the long flight because it was going to be 10 PM when I landed here. So I wanted to be really tired. So you could just knock out. Yeah. And I couldn't, I fell asleep. I couldn't stay awake, but but yeah, the flight was not bad at all. I heard jet lag can make you sick. Like it can actually make you physically sick and oh, I bet shitty. But take some sleeping pills. Yeah. Try to hijack your system. <laughs> if you were talking to someone who was going to travel to Italy soon, what do you think your number one recommendation would be? Of um, something, how specific do you want me to get? Yeah, of like your number one recommendation of something to sightsee or your number one recommendation for rental car agency. How specific do you <laughs> get here? <laughs> uh, well, so I'll, I'll give a couple suggestions. It kind of depends on like who you are as a person because my, my knee-jerk reaction to that is I would say skip the big cities entirely because mm. I didn't like the big cities as much. But and we're kind of woven from the same cloth. I don't know if that's a saying, but um, like yeah, similar nature. Yeah, I don't really care to see big cities immediately, you know? Yeah, but then there are some people who like that's really what they want to see. And that's that is where a lot of like the museums and the, you know, the historical stuff is. Um, so I that's kind of if you are the type of person who would get overwhelmed by having a million people on all sides of you and and if you can't find parking within 30 minutes if you're going to get frustrated then like maybe skip the big cities mm-hmm. oh, i would yeah, definitely I would, say that's a hard no <laughs> yeah, it took pass. me two hours to find parking in rome like there's crowds, two hours of my day <laughs> crowds make me anxious parking makes me anxious mm-hmm. uh concrete concrete makes me anxious or you yeah know, anything oh there's a ton of green. concrete in rome um <laughs> so is I venice think, the yeah, city that's going to be underwater in like the next 50 years or something like that is that that is that venice yeah or is that it's another on stilts one? yeah 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 i was yeah. just looking at it like the little okay so there's venice but then there's the little like island in the middle mm-hmm. san, san marco san, san marco okay yeah that's what i was thinking uh and if you like really zoom in <laughs> and you look in between what look like little roads no it's just all water it's all water yeah there's no all canals you can drive into venice there's that long long highway that goes out to venice and then there's like a parking garage and that's it from then on yeah. here it's foot traffic or um, that whole town boats. is on stilts yeah the whole little island of venice oh my god yeah. So like, what are they gonna? That's pretty do? do you just let it go underwater? Like, do they make the stilts bigger every year? Like, what? I don't know what the. What do people plan for for this? Well, I don't know what the legitimacy is behind everyone saying it's going to be underwater. Because sometimes there's no water and the canals are just empty. Oh, hmm. that's like they they correspond with the I mean tides and shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The moon, gravity. It, it, it does flood though. The gondolier was telling me um, 
he was telling that is me such a badass name gondolier sorry yeah. continue <laughs> his real name was uh roberto but um you can see like how high the water has been in the past on the buildings because like these buildings are made out of stone or limestone mm -hmm. and you can see like the erosion of the water and so he was telling me he was like see this like black line right here on this building and i was like yeah and it was like up halfway above like the bottom windowsill so like up above the, the window and he's like that's how high the water has been and i'm like so this whole place has flooded multiple times he's okay. like yeah so it's a pretty robust city when it comes to water it's maybe it's a little more prepared that's crazy yeah i don't know yeah it is crazy I'm still it's fascinating though a little bit oh yeah it's so from from Lake Como. So that was the first week where it was all of those stops. And I think- It was all Northern Italy, really. All Northern Italy. And I loved Northern Italy. Mm -hmm. Southern Italy was cool too, but I loved Northern Italy. What's um, the like temperature difference between Northern and Southern Italy like? I was gonna kind of ask significant like what the elevation or... change was like. Yeah, like Ooh. what? And correspondence to like the temperature with what Brianna yeah. said. I don't know about the elevation change. Northern Italy was way more mountainous. Um, and the temperature change wasn't too big of a difference, although I was only there for a couple of weeks. But so, I mean, it was a little bit cooler. Um, I didn't pack any winter clothes. And then when I went to go hike the Ridge Ridgeline, you have to take a ski lift for part of the way. And they wouldn't let me on until I went and bought a winter coat. They were like, you're crazy, like turn around. <laughs> so I had to go buy a winter coat um they're like you don't know me i live in kansas where <laughs> the winter is frigid AF. yeah yeah <laughs> that is um, so funny southern italy was beautiful nice and warm it wasn't quite warm enough for like like pools at the hotels to be open but i did get in the mediterranean sea i was like i'm i'm getting okay. in there uh -huh. yeah was it warm no it was very cold <laughs> the water was very cold. <laughs> uh -huh. um it was it was really cool though so there was um this was one of my last nights so i'm skipping ahead a little bit but it, i stayed in amalfi um the amalfi it, coast yeah and it was a full moon and the sky was like purple and like no clouds and the moon was like bouncing off the sea i felt like i was in mamma mia i was like oh my god <laughs> magical or did you slowly like, like with your wine just sing to yourself look at me now yeah i was like i need some linen pants somebody get me some linen pants um but no that was that was really fun um okay so going back so from lake como that's when i started going more south and i went i'm trying to remember uh i should have pulled up my itinerary but from lake como i went and i did horseback riding with this uh family uh near lucha l-u-c-c-a okay i did that and then um in the later part of the day i did that in the morning then i went to pisa i saw the leaning tower mm. of pisa i was a skeptic you guys but it really does lean <laughs> um <laughs> i'm just kidding um and then from pisa i went to florence wait you're just and... kidding it doesn't lean or no just... i'm just kidding that i was a skeptic <laughs> i was a believer all along um, are there skeptics out there like is that a real thing people don't believe that it's a leaning thing 
It's a. It's all know. a conspiracy to. I mean, I haven't seen it. Like, we what? should start I'm that like, conspiracy. Of course it's That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are there people out there that don't? We should start that conspiracy and see how far it goes. No. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh, that is cool. Okay, so I'm looking at this. Pizza is right, what, southwest of Lucha? Mm-hmm. And then it's not Lucha far from is Lucha L U C C A? Yes. Lucha. Lucha. Okay, and then Florence. Okay, I'm following. And Florence, I had all these plans in Florence. And. My plan originally was to find a parking spot and just walk all over Florence. And so I had put into the GPS, mind you, the GPS was still not speaking English. <laughs> I had put into the GPS, like f- like the closest parking garage to the first museum that I wanted to go to. Cause Florence, I definitely was like, I wanna go see, um, you know, the statue of David. I wanna go see like all the museums. That's definitely like the art, you know, spot. See, I don't so, know that, but now I do. Yeah, so I typed in parking garage closest to the first museum I, I had on my list. And it took me through, like, picture Times Square without all the, the, the billboards. Like, the it took me through crowds of people in my car. And I was like, surely this road is blocked off because there are just pedestrians swarming my car. Uh-huh. And then I would see another car and they're also going through all these people and you're just going like less than probably two miles an hour trying and like people are just walking out in front of you. It was so stressful. And then, (laughs) so I'm like, okay, well I'll be at the parking garage soon. Like, like I've got to get there shortly. It took me like through the town square and like the whole time I'm like, I really don't think I should be driving through That sounds like my absolute worst nightmare. It was terrible. It was not fun, but I kept telling myself like, okay, like you haven't run over anybody yet. Like we're almost there. (laughs) And then, so it tells me like to make a right turn and then my destination, the parking garage would be right there. And I turn and there's like these huge barricades Mm -hmm. and like, I can't like to the point where I, I would have to back up, like put it in reverse in order to get out. And so I put the car in reverse and then I look in my rear view mirror and it's just all those people, just a wall. And I was like, I just put it in park and just sat there for like 30 minutes, like just mustering (laughs) up the courage to like try to drive all the way back out because there was no parking garage after I just drove all the way through it. That's freaking stressful. So then, yeah. So once I got through that, I had to like ask, I had to like check in with myself and be like, do you even want to go to these museums anymore? (laughs) And so I ended up, I went and saw um like one of the statues i wanted to see and then i went to um the museum where the original statue of david is and the line to get in was like crazy and i was like no like i want to get out of here like there's so many people it was just overwhelming so i ended up just leaving um and i skipped like seven things i had on my list for that day (laughs) Um, is it was it tourist season like is it is it or is it always like that I, is it, or is it, or is it? Sorry, I am having so it? much trouble <laughs> forming my thoughts. <laughs> I don't. So I tourist season, according to Google, is uh like May to I don't know September October, and so I I really wanted to go once there were wildflowers blooming, 
but I didn't want to go during tourist season. So I went last week of March, first week of April. And it was I, that it's got to be like the very start of tourist season because it wasn't crazy except for Florence and Rome. Um, but there definitely were still some tourism going on. Did you fly into Venice like because it would like it's it's a less popular airport like compared especially to like Rome and um, Florence and stuff? Did you choose that or no. was it just like that's the closest one to the Dolomites? So that's what I'll do. No, neither. So I, oh. I, I knew all the spots I wanted to visit and they were spread out enough to where like, no matter where I flew into, I could just rearrange my itinerary loop, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I just got an email that there was a good deal on round trip tickets to Venice and um. it was, it was a good deal and it was true. So it was ba- purely based on price. In hindsight, do you think that may have been the play? Like if you had to go back, like, I'll just fly into Venice next time. A, because you have been there already, but maybe it's not mm. quite as busy. I'm not sure. Yeah, the Venice airport was not very busy at all. Um, and it's in a good location, in my opinion. I There is one in Milan. I skipped Milan entirely because I just was like, I'm. that's definitely like the shopping, the fashion capital. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah. I don't know. So yeah. I skipped it. But there's an airport there that's really busy. Um but yeah, I liked Venice. It was it was a chill airport. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Good deal on flights, yeah. Were you ever worried about did or did you have to like, do a lot of research on like certain like certain neighborhoods are safer than the others? Mm-hmm. Stick to this place. Watch out for these like the Italian mafia controls this side of the mountains, <laughs> so careful or you know. Is the Italian um, mafia still a thing. I don't know. I'm sure. Probably. How are you? I didn't I didn't look into like places to avoid, but I did go into the trip. I I tried to like manage my expectations a little bit. Like I kind of went into it thinking, okay, at some point you're going to lose your credit card or you're going to damage the car or somebody's going to steal your phone. Like something's going to go wrong and you just need to like be able to handle it. And then nothing went wrong. Like literally nothing went wrong the whole trip. Um, but I did kind of go into it with like, okay, like, make sure you're aware of your surroundings, make sure you're ready for some shit to potentially go down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, nothing did. So, but I didn't really, um, encounter and I like every stop that I did, I tried to explore as much of it as I could. And they're really there really wasn't any like you know how here there's like quote unquote bad neighborhoods that are just mm-hmm. like like the city maybe doesn't put as much money into revitalizing them or whatever there was spots there that was like that but it still very much had i don't know like things are just like like the architecture of every building is just different whereas like like there they've got those they've got like stucco houses and like solid material and here we've got houses being built out of like plywood and mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like that true. so it's very very different but i see yeah harder like to how, see the wear and tear maybe yeah like yeah. how much older is italy than the united states no, like how many yeah. times over is the older. is italy like the same as i don't well, know now i'm having trouble Brianna. Jeez. <laughs> how <laughs> i didn't rub off on you don't try and put that on me <laughs> i didn't say you did 
All right. How much older is Italy than the United States? Give me a second. Give me. Well, this is what I'm seeing is is a little bit tough just because. You know, you have like modern Italy, like the modern form, like the formation of like the modern government of Italy. And then you have like obviously people have been inhabiting like the peninsula. That's a really good point. Yeah. For like, you know. Across the span of more than 3,000 years, Italian history has been marked by episodes of temporary unification and long separation. Mm. And this says the formation of the modern Italian state began in 1861. Oh. That's technically, it's technically younger than the United States, I would say. The modern day, which is crazy. But like the the architecture and buildings that have been there for, for, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. The castles and stuff. Well, Rome hmm. was founded in 753 BC. Wow. Done. Which is 2,500 years older than the nation of which it is the capital. Crazy. Rome. Oh, God, I'm so sweaty. <sighs> it's so hot in my room. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> More in gray on gray. Same. I've got a jacket on. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> wow. Well, so I mean, Italy sounds like northern Italy, of course. Sounds like it would be a cool trip. If I you could go back for two weeks, do you think that was long enough? Yeah. Or was that too short? In a way, it was long enough because I don't like to be away from my pets. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not I could have stayed like I once you're over there, everything is so close. Like I so badly wanted to just hop over to Switzerland or Austria. Yeah, like it's yeah. right there, France. I've heard that. And honestly, the only reason I didn't is because the um the driving permit that I got was only for Italy. And mm. I didn't know like if I got pulled over in France or something, if they were gonna like throw me in jail. So I just didn't risk it. Um but yeah i i I would have stayed longer and just done all of europe if i could have hmm i'm gonna have to fit it in the books where would you go next if you had to pick like a a section like a section of europe okay so when i was there we're going to iceland yeah (laughs) when i was there i thought i want to go to switzerland and france next And I also, while I was there, I saw more kite surfers like we saw on our lighthouse road trip, Brianna. And I was like, I really want to learn. Like, that's going to be the next thing on my bucket list. But then I heard your guys' episode with, I think her name was Faith. And she was talking about the, um, I don't know if this is the right term, but like the ceremonial house that she stayed at in Peru. And I was like, that's where I want to go next. Yeah. Like, I want to do that a lot of ceremonies. Yeah. Oh man, the world is your oyster and mm-hmm. you've just done another trip that just, I don't know about you guys. Do you think there's something about, we have talked about this so many times, but just getting out into something that's so unknown where you feel so little. You've talked about that <sighs> with me, Carrie, before how going to these places that you've never been and no one knows you and how little you feel in the actual world. In a world good way. And, yeah. Yeah. It's the best I- it is. It's just like, oh, like all these problems that feel so monumental on a day-to-day basis, you go somewhere like the Dolomites and you're like, I'm a speck on a speck 
on yeah. a speck. Like I'm so mm-hmm. small. Um, and also was a huge confidence boost and I needed that. Like, I just, it like, it was like, like, oh, I can do the things that I, like, I, I have these dreams of them and like, I can actually do them. And it, it, it felt like good momentum. Sometimes I feel like I get into, mm-hmm. we all get into like lulls a little bit. And so, so yeah, go, going out and doing even just something that you've wanted to do for a while can definitely boost just like your, your mentality on your things. morale. Yeah. I have yeah, to ask I that agree with that. If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to be precise about it, but we asked Faith the same question. Like what, what's our price range looking like for something? If we were to like to do pretty close to like what you did, like what are we looking at here? And again, you don't so, have to be precise. No, I'll be precise. Cause I think it, this is like good information. If you, the most expensive part was renting the car. And okay. part of wow, that was really? because, yeah. And part of that was because I had to pay extra in order to drive an automatic transmission. There were some rental car companies that were like way cheaper, but I kept like, the more I read about it, the more people were like, this is a scam. And so I didn't want to risk it, but if you want to risk it, yeah, that was the most expensive part. And it was about $900 to rent the car for two full weeks. Mind you. Pretty good. Yeah. That's a long time to have one. My plane ticket round trip with like, travel insurance or whatever was uh like 750 dollars damn that's also um, good set up those set up flight alerts like if you don't have specific dates that you have to go go on google flights and just say like email me daily prices until you get an email one day that's like this is a great deal um hotels were <laughs> so cheap and not only were they cheap but like every hotel i stayed at had like a balcony or a terrace or like some kind of private outdoor space, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's Um, awesome. So I would say the average, well, Amalfi was expensive. The hotel there was probably like 150 bucks a night or something, which is Mm -hmm. comparable to here. But all the other, all the other hotels I stayed at were like 40 to 80 bucks a night. Yeah. And food was not um, expensive. Coffee, like y'all know I love coffee. I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts and get (laughs) a medium coffee and it's like eight bucks. I would get a cappuccino and a croissant almost every morning and it would be like $3 for both. And I'm like, this is such a good deal. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it definitely... It, it's definitely doable. Mm. Gotta save That's so cool bit. because you dreamed about it for so long too. Yeah. Well, it's like now you've completed it. And yeah. yeah. How long, how long were you kind of working on this trip? Oh gosh. Well, I have to give a shout out to my job, which I won't, I, I won't like name them or anything, but I would not have shout been able to do this. Carrie's company. Yeah. Shout out Carrie's company. Um, I've been planning it for years and I was like delusional. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going next spring. And then next spring would roll around and be like, oh yeah, I meant next spring. <laughs> and then, like, I kept pushing it back. Um, and then this time, um, I got the email about the flight and I messaged my coworker and I said, 
and I had just gotten back from a vacation. I had gone on a cruise to uh, Mexico and I had just gotten back from that. And I messaged my coworker and I said, hey, I know I just got back, but can I take March uh, whatever to April whatever off? And he messaged me back and he was like, why don't you try that again? But instead of asking, you just tell me that you're going to take those dates off. Like he was so supportive about it. Yeah. And so I literally, I love this. before I even responded to him and said, thanks, I was like putting my credit card information into the, <laughs> to get my plane ticket. No um, seconds wasted. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd probably been planning this for four years um there's no way at my old job I would have been able to take off two weeks at the same time without just quitting <laughs> yeah they would be like are you kidding no um I was gonna ask you because you're, you're you work remotely mm-hmm. I was gonna ask if you like actually ended up doing any work while you were there or if that was kind of the big no, kicker I could have but I was like no I, I brought my work phone with me and I had it on airplane mode the whole time because I only wanted to take it because it has a better camera than my phone does. And so I brought it to take pictures, but I had it on airplane mode. I was not reading emails. Um, nice. Yeah. And plus, I didn't want to pay two international plans because that is another yeah. cost. Um, oh. is, yeah. But if I ever do go like on a longer trip, I'll definitely probably work while I do it. So I had something I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to pull it from your brain. Yeah. What the fuck was I going to ask? I think this podcast is kind of unhealthy. I think this is toxic for me because every guest we have on, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And then I just get upset that I'm not doing that. Oh, you know, I do that too with people. And, and I'm just like, ugh. Why do I do this freaking podcast every week? It just makes me want to try these things that all these people do that we have on. We have the people we have on are too cool. Who what is don't you feel that way about like social media? I do, and that's actually I've been really trying to like just stay off my phone more. Like last week, you know, every week I get like my weekly screen report, right? And this last Sunday, it was it said your weekly screen time was down thirty four percent, and I was like, oh, fuck that's yes, awesome. that feels good. I, I definitely need to work on my screen time because I'll just get in these loops of mm-hmm. like hopping from Twitter to TikTok to Instagram. TikTok is my main one. Um, but Shout I out there's to follow Carrie on TikTok. I did just <laughs> upload a video of my cat. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, I a while ago on Instagram, I had to like have a moment and go through my followers or who I was following because there were a lot of quote-unquote influencers or just like hot chicks that I was following and I was like this like they're beautiful but they make me feel bad Mm -hmm. like so insecure and I was like yeah you just just project we just project our insecurities onto others yeah and yeah, if you don't want to do that, I had to do the same thing, Carrie. I would follow, you know, women who were just, yeah, I would just compare myself. And yeah. if I found myself comparing myself to the woman, I just stopped following her and I got rid yeah. of that problem. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but, but now I follow Garrett, like travel people who travel all the time. This podcast. <laughs> I did. And I signed up for Instagram too when I'm like following all these like travel people who spe- who make a living traveling the world. And it's the same thing. I guess it's not that they're hotter than me. I'm just like, you're just doing what I want to do. Like, you know, Garrett, like, I know, but 
you have to remember that like life is not that's not real all the time for yeah them. yeah and i do yeah. i really try to tell myself i'm just like this what they're putting out there is not the life they're actually oh my instagram is, it, it so is the fake. life they are living <laughs> like carrie has done all these things but like there's a it's lot a small more to it it's just this fraction of it. fractional yeah. piece there's i put it. a reel on my instagram and like the last clip of the reel is like me in a hotel room i don't even fucking know just like chilling and i had set up like this little tripod in my hotel room to record that and it just felt so like i wanted i wanted that clip like i wanted to remember me being in the hotel with the balcony and everything and it's a good clip but it just feels so like phony and fake i'm like <laughs> <laughs> my tripod attached to my suitcase in the hotel room. Hey, but we've all done it, man. Yeah. You know what it. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Garrett, I was going to say, so last time I was on the podcast, we had talked about how not every job can be remote and like you can't, you know, go off and be a remote yeah. bartender or whatever. But um, I follow this guy on TikTok who, it, who just like goes on and he's like, here's the cocktail we're making today. And he has like all these great clips i don't know how he edits them but like of him making the cocktail and he'll tell you about the ingredients or and he has like quippy remarks which you are like the king of quippy remarks <laughs> so you could do that get yeah. a following and on travel. TikTok <laughs> and travel you could be like we're making a cocktail in germany today we're here in munich you know there you go that does sound fun. i follow so box. many i follow so many accounts like that yeah, and I'm always just like, that's garbage, disgusting. Who would <laughs> you know? I get like hate, hating. I hate on him. I do jealous. better than that because I'm envious. Okay, all right, mm, yeah. I'll say it. I'm insecure about it. The green monster, man. We all have one. Well, and it's. <laughs> I mean, it is hard when you see it constantly. You see, it yeah. makes me think like you know when we were in Hawaii, we went to this tidal pool area, and um. I got my drone out and I was taking video of it and when I went to go edit it together I was like there are so many other you know videographers out there that have way better photos and videos than me like what is the fucking point of even doing it it's because yeah I'm seeing this very niche thing but all the time because it's what I follow you know yep. like mm -hmm. there aren't that many out not that there aren't that many out there. there's a lot of talented people out there but I'm seeing way more of them than probably the average person is. yeah so. you know i will say one thing that i do like about TikTok is that there are so many unhinged people in the world posting videos that like i'll watch them and be like ah oh, yes like i'm not i'm not alone like these people are having <laughs> mental breakdowns on the internet right now and they kind of <laughs> make me feel better <laughs> or like they'll be like fresh out of bed like their hair looks crazy and they'll upload a video online and i'm like i wish i had the balls to like put my my face out there like that right after i've woken up in the morning <laughs> so sometimes it does make me feel a little bit better <laughs> yeah it's true yeah but, but it does have life the power is though. full of the small moments it's i really try to reflect journey. on how like cool like i we, I watch movies like The Alpinist. We we talked about that a little bit last week before we had our guest on. Just a cool movie about this iconoclast uh, al alpinist. <laughs> and uh, he just did what he loved. And he, yeah, um, Marc-Andre Leclerc. And he, it was, it, it, it portrayed a very romantic 
uh, version of his life that he lived and um, in regards to how he lived it you know and Mm -hmm. it makes me like god i wish i had something like that but then i like reflect on it like he well he i feel like there's a lot of magical moments in life that he kept he you know he didn't have that he kind of withheld from himself because he was just so obsessed and like relentlessly pursued his dreams and that comes at a cost you know i talked to my dad i talked to my dad about that shit a lot too because ellie and i um we talk a lot about just like ditching the homestead life for a couple years and just getting ourselves at a, a trailer and just traveling the West, you know, and that sounds awesome. But my dad says like, you know, that sounds really, really cool. What's the cost? Not a, fi- not talking a fiscal cost, but there's, there's always What's a freaking cost. I, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like those, those there, there's costs and sacrifice to absolutely everything you do. And, and you create the magic for these adventures, despite what it costs. Yeah. Yeah, you're and anyone it, is capable to do anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a, there's going to be a struggle. What what did Hannah say? It's hard to sit on the couch and watch TV and do the same thing every single day. That's hard. Yeah. That is hard yeah. to do. But, you know, training every day or, you know, traveling every day, seeing new things, living mm-hmm. without the small conveniences <laughs> of life. That's hard, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you are capable of doing whatever you want, but realize that it'll still probably be really hard. <laughs> hard, no matter what. <laughs> like anything you do, there's going to be challenges. There's no end point where the grass is super, super green mm-hmm. and you know you never have a worry in your life ever. That's just not real. Yeah. Well, that is super cool. Yeah. Thanks I'm very for coming excited on, that Carrie, you got sharing to. Your story. Yeah. You're welcome. That you I got wish to travel Italy. That's awesome. I wish I would have shut up about like 20 minutes ago so I could hear about your trip to Hawaii. Oh, no, fuck. We can still talk about it. Trust me. I've got <laughs> lots to say. <laughs> okay, say it. Yeah, I want to hear no, about I'll, it. I mean, I'll just make it really quick. It was super fun. We went and stayed with some of Danny's family, and we went to Maui, Maui, Ooh. Hawaii. And um, it was I didn't just... know Danny had family down there. Yeah, he's got an aunt and uncle that live in Maui. Um, That's cool. They moved there from Alaska because apparently it's really common for like Alaskans and Hawaiians to like it is live in both places. They're like fuck the lower forty-eight. Yeah, like we'll just jump between these two. Stupid mainlanders, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we stayed with his family and we got to hike. And my friend Caitlin, shout out Caitlin, she has listened to a few of these only when we shout her out though. She said. So I'm shouting you out, Caitlin. You're the best. Um, I worked with her at Walking Mountain Science Center in Colorado, and we hung out because she lives in Hawaii now. She works for um, a company that does, you know, whale conservation, whale research, and whale tourism. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So she's living it up out there in Hawaii, and she's from, oh, fuck me, uh, South Carolina. One of the Carolinas. I'm pretty sure it's South. I don't want... (laughs) Caitlin I know I've listened I promise (laughs) but uh yeah so she went there and then she went to school in Canada then she went to Colorado and now she's in Hawaii like she's just she's like one you know she's just like all of us she's traveling around and wanting to see the world and she's doing it in a really cool way so um yeah Hawaii was awesome and about that respect thing one of Danny Danny actually knew someone there too because 
he went to school in Northern California. While a lot of Islanders, Native Hawaiians, will go to school on the mainland. And um, one of his old, like, teammates from Feather River College was there. And so he got to go and talk to him. And one of the things he talked to him about, and it's a conversation we had with Caitlin as well, was the whole, you know, some of these places are have, like, marked off signs that say they're only for, you know, Native Hawaiians. Like, only for the Islanders. Like, no tourism, no swimming in these pools or whatever. And um, there was actually, like, a pack of people who were obviously islanders and they were like patrolling the han the road to hana the day we were there like they would stop and yell at tourists not to like swim in certain places and danny talked to him about it because you know it is something you want to balance like being respectful with you know your intrusion intrusion into you know their land and whatnot but at the same time they were being like really rude and kind of nasty about it and Danny's roommate was talking about how, or not roommate, Danny's old teammate was talking about how there's two types of people. There's, there are two types of native, native Hawaiians. There's the people who are really traditional. They want to see things stay the exact same way they've always been. And then there's, you know, others who see the value of tourism and want to, you know, attract more because it, you know, helps the economy, et cetera, whatever. And how it's just, yeah, this weird line that still is something that divides people today. Um, so I know what you mean, Garrett, about like when you said you've heard Italy's not like, yeah. you know, yeah. you can, it could not be friendly. Like, I think you can Two hear that from story. a lot of places. Yeah. And are these um, the people who don't learn the language or, and don't know like the basic phrases in order to like get around who aren't respectful, who like, you know, yeah, like, just shove the American culture in their face, even though we're the we're the visitor in their country, and we yeah, just shove our our crazy. American ignorance in their face. Yeah, and when you when you even think about that on like a natural level, so like we were hiking in the forest, and there are so many species that not Americans only, but you know, non-native Hawaiians have brought to the island. Mm -hmm. Like Cook's pine is a pine tree that's captain cook or someone brought over um because he wanted to be able to build ships with it just in case like eucalyptus trees like there's a bunch of stuff over there that is not is really invasive and it's because we just don't be wrong like i understand people back in the day didn't understand you know invasive species and whatnot but like now we do know that and we still bring over so many yeah new things to the island so like i don't know I, um, so I don't know if you guys know, but I w almost moved to Hawaii. No um, way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't obviously. Um, but I got into this business school, uh, the West Oahu school of business and I was going to go and I sold everything that I own. I had like all my belongings in two suitcases and then some family stuff happened and I didn't end up going. I had to like rebuy all my furniture. Oh my goodness. Um, but um, when I was in the process of like trying to find a place down there, they were very, very strict. So like, I wanted to take my cat. I didn't want to leave her behind. And it, it like, she would have had to be in quarantine for like a month after moving there because, because of like those, like you're saying, like we're bringing other pests and other like mm -hmm. disease and stuff. 
And another thing, just to kind of tie it all together, um, my Nana had known someone who um, is a native um, Islander. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the, the exact terminology, but she had him, she kind of told me, she was like, just so you know, like, it, you're going to be in for a surprise when you move there. Like people might not be as like welcoming and friendly as you think. And so she was, she had her friend write me a letter of like what to expect. And he was kind enough to do that. He wrote me this letter and he pretty much said that he was like, if you're going to move there, like you need to be aware, you need to be respectful of like the culture and the environment and their like traditions. And he, he, he pretty much was like, like get your shit together before you move here um and and that's absolutely true I was grateful for that even though I didn't end up moving there but I think I think yeah we can like like Garrett said ignorant Americans it's it's tough because that it's like it's that that makes people and I'll say it makes me feel that way as well it makes me just want to stay put it almost like I know it gives me it like almost I don't say it kills it completely but like it that makes me feel a little more apprehensive in my, like with my own sense of wanderlust, right? Because you don't want to step it just, on it your just, toes. It makes me nervous, and I don't want to get... like I, I watched a video of these two like uh, bird watchers who went to Mexico to see some cool bird, and they got tracked down by the... by the. They got tracked down by the cartel. And, like, thrown mm-hmm. in suitcases in a river. Uh, no, they, they lived. Oh. But it was a, it was a close encounter. But yeah, shit like yeah, people get different. chopped up and put in suitcases <laughs> and thrown in rivers, man. Oh no, that shit's scary, you know. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah. No, well, we're not going to <laughs> On my next trip, I'll try to get stuffed into a suitcase at some point. That'll be a way more interesting story. <laughs> I live to tell it. Fuck Carrie, no! Don't, don't get shoved in out suitcase. in the universe, man. <laughs> You're coming back alive. No, I I just, there is something to be said, I think, with tourism. I don't know however many decades. We've, I mean, tourism's kind of always been a thing, obviously. We've always been yeah. explorers, but. Christopher Columbus, the first tourist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's something to be said about being respectful of the cultures and what came before. And I think while we even need to do that here at home, we have to do it where we go as well. So. Um, yeah, and you know what you can do when you travel to these places is talk to locals. Like, we were really yes. grateful to, one, talk to the people we knew who were living in Hawaii, but also talking to Danny's friend who's lived there his whole life and, like, getting his perspective on everything and, um, yeah, just talking, talking about it, so... Yeah, Hawaii was awesome, though. I highly recommend it. I did have a one philosophical, not philosophical, that's not the right way to describe it, what, one question to ask you to, and not to end the podcast, but this question to ask you to. When you take us. a photo, Carrie, congrats, by the way, on Glimpse Volume 1. It's awesome. You. you Can anyone, can like people buy that? I haven't decided yet. Okay, well, Carrie, I don't know if awesome I want anyone to see it <laughs> that she sent me a picture of. So I feel very special. Mm-hmm. Um, she sent she's built this book of all of her like travel and pictures, and it's awesome. And it looks very fancy. And I kind of want a copy. So if I can buy it, send me a link. Okay. Anyways, um, when you're taking photos and you're traveling, do you find that 
do you guys think it's okay to take a photo of like say i'm at a waterfall in hawaii right and there are lots of people in this photo is it ethical or right to remove humans from photos or does that take away from the reality of the photo i almost think because i've thought about this because i kind of wanted to get into i really like street photography yeah but at the same time i feel so creepy when i try to be the photographer for street photography like i love the photos that i have a couple friends in new york city who will post on instagram like this amazing street photography and i'm like oh these look so good and then like i'll go to take a photo of like uh like when i was in um venice there was this really like this woman was just in like the coolest outfit I've ever seen. And she was sitting on these steps and she had like the perfect, like pondering pose going on. <laughs> and I took a couple pictures of her and then I felt so creepy. I just was like, Oh, and of course, like I don't have professional equipment. So I'm just taking a picture of you with my phone. Like it gets, that's even creepier. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I almost think like, if you remove people from photos, especially if you don't already have their consent to be in the photo in the first place, even though you're just trying to take a picture of the waterfall, you still also took a picture of a person. Yeah. I almost yeah. think removing them from the photo is better. Mm-hmm. Like what if in you terms took a of photo, them being happy that you removed them because they didn't offer consent to their photo being shared? Yeah, kind of like what if you took a photo of a waterfall? Meanwhile, you're second cousin's Facebook friend who used to date this one, like some person was in the photo having an affair and you happen to catch it in your photo. Like, I don't know. Well, that's probably taking it way too far, but you can't, I don't know. If you're in a public place, I believe the rules are. um, You're being watched always, always assume you're being watched. That's what I kind of, when I'm in public, I'm like act according. When in public spaces where you are lawfully present, you have the right to photograph anything that is in plain view. So that means buildings, Mm -hmm. police, facilities, Mm -hmm. and the public. Um, So I think when you're out in public, you, yes, like Garrett said, you need to be mindful that people could use this. So, like, I technically could use these photos and whatever, but... I don't know. I think it also... You're saying you've removed people from the photos and now you don't feel like you're able to use them? I just took a bunch of... When we went cliff diving, we went cliff diving in Hawaii um, and I took a bunch of photos of us all jumping into the water, like a shutter speed and whatnot. Or, Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to remove that. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) um, And so... But in the background, there's like a beach in the background and there's people sitting on the beach. And so like I kept Caitlin, who's diving in, in the photo and removed the people in the background. So while I'm not worried about the consent as much, which but I do agree with you that, yes, that probably helps with the consent. You cannot see or identify these people. So really, I'm just doing it because I don't want the people in the photo. Is that right or wrong? That's, that's fine. That's fine. I think that's on the same level of like, if you're photographing a wedding and the bride says, please edit this giant pimple I have on my forehead out of all of the pictures. <laughs> I think that's the same thing. Like you're just editing a blemish on the photo. Yeah, people are But blemishes. that takes um, away from the reality of the photo. You know what I mean? Like, But what, you're the only one our... who knows the reality. You're the only one who knows that true. they were there. 
I do not take a lot of photos when I go places. I really don't. Every time I pull up my camera to like take a like in this happened a lot in Utah just because Utah took like our breath away. Um, I'd always get my phone out and I'd look at the screen and be like, absolutely not. I'm not going to do do this scene, this justice. But I get like I agree with Carrie and I agree with like the lawful. Like if you're in a public place and you are, you know, being like you should expect to be documented. You know, just it's the same as like using your credit card at a store. Like, okay, now someone could pinpoint you as being there. Like, you that's proof, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, when it comes like editing photos out of like this magical waterfall, and then people look at that and go, I want to go there. But then they get there and it's actually crowded with a shit ton of people. Yeah. Like that's not that's real a, what I exact, exactly, exactly. I so it's, a, it's a, there's two sides to it for sure. Um, I, and, whoa, my sound just changed. What just happened? Can that's you still hear it? Did you? Did you adjust the thingy? Oh, thank you. Hello. Hello. Can you still hear us? Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. Ellie got new AirPod (laughs) Pros. I really had to push her to buy them because she's not. She did not buy stuff for herself. Headphones are a great thing to buy for yourself. I'm using these old shit ones Mm -hmm. because my other ones I fried on accident. I these ones are fresh out of the washer. I told you. (laughs) Yeah, you guys both have cords. Like it's yeah. the 1600s it's like we're here. ancient <laughs> but oh my gosh so what is your opinion on it though garrett should i keep the people in i what i was gonna do was get caitlin's permission to post this stuff on my like instagram or instagram reels and like then be the edited photo and then the non-edited photo and be like what's your opinion should we edit photos should we not edit photos like what's your opinion garrett mm. what do you think the ma- vast majority of people's opinion will be I get, like what kind of I, I don't know man don't take photos. I get both sides of it too I get both sides like what kind of photographer are you are you do, yeah. do you do you want to cater more to like just just the natural Maybe landscape it's a question for me that's why I want to exactly ask <laughs> let me Brent, let me turn this on you I how will you say just avoid the question by turning it on Brianna <laughs> I will say you do have a point though because when I was planning my trip I would be on Pinterest and I would see all these like beautiful photo spots that I wanted to go and like get my own pictures or recreate or whatever. And then I would get there in real life. It's like Instagram versus reality and it would be packed with yeah, people or exactly. construction or whatever it is. So there is there is definitely a, a, a pull to both. Speaking of uh, being in public, yeah. you have to just be like, okay with being filmed. You know what my worst fear is lately? is that i'm gonna be in the gym like struggling for my life on the stairmaster and some (laughs) somebody is gonna be making like like a fitness reel or like a fitness tiktok right next to me and i'm just gonna be in the background they're gonna be like lifting weights and i'm gonna be like (laughs) puffing and puffing have you seen people do that in the gym yeah there's um, uh yeah and i always like i'm like hyper aware of it now as soon as somebody like props their phone up i'm like all right i'm out (laughs) Do you, that's really funny. I have a quick story and this could be the last thing I say. Brianna, do you remember sure. <laughs> it was like our senior year of high school? Okay. I remember this cause I was 18 and this will come back later. That key, key bit I just said. Um, I don't remember his name. I'm not going to say his name either. It was good cause I can't remember it. Um, <laughs> and this is how, this is a true, a, t- a true testament to how fucking stupid boys are, especially high school boys. But one kid in the gym locker room had pepper spray with him. Oh my god! I know. Do, oh, you exactly remember this? Yeah. Yep. And 
the um, he paid another kid twenty dollars to pepper spray him. Like, no, the kid who had the pepper spray, he was like, hey, if I give you twenty dollars, can I pepper spray you in, the, in, oh, in your okay. eyes? Where you're supposed to pepper spray someone? And they're like, myself? yeah. And this and this is happening like after weights or gym class. And you were in there. I was when in there, this and this happened? is what, dude. I mean, I let me tell you. Let me freaking tell you. I was showering. I was nude. I was naked. <laughs> completely wow, this in the was sh- happening and in our high the, school. And of course, they pepper sprayed him in the shower area where I was, and there was one other kid in there. We were not super close to each other. Um, <laughs> and they sprayed, and of course, like everyone's got their phones out. Later in the day, I get called into the principal's office with the cops because um, they had to say you were nude on camera. <laughs> we don't have to bring your parents into this because you just you're turned 18. eighteen. You're an adult, but this other kid was like a junior. He was like sixteen or seventeen. And they had to bring his parents in, talk to the police, like get the like it was a crazy whole ordeal about <laughs> to, like it, they had to like somehow maneuver it around it not being a child pornography case. Now it was the whole thing. Wow. And I had to I had to sign some shit as an 18 year old that says, like, I won't sue because these two dudes are fucking stupid. I consent to being in this high school exactly. shower video. Yeah, and I was Gross. like, I, yeah, I was like, I won't sue for child pornography because I don't know. It was a whole stupid thing. Wow, yeah. I this is amazing. I yeah. remember that. I remember that happening in our high school. I do not stupid. remember you being in the videos. Mm-hmm. I was in the video. <laughs> not that I ever saw him or anything, but. That's crazy. And I was, I mean, I, I was in pretty good shape back then. That was like morning weights and then wait second hour and then gym fourth <laughs> hour and then golf practice and then cheer practice. Like I was, that was my day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was pretty, that I was 18 year old kid, like prime Garrett's of your in the physical life. office and he's like, can you rewind it? Oh I'm man, like, yeah. Mm, like I look man, good. My traps, good, my traps look good there. Play it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll sign. Whatever. We're good. We're oh good. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Man, Carrie, we always have a good time when you're on. Yeah, we'll always have you on again. Jumping on again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. I guess you just have to travel more so we can have you on and hear more about it. Yeah, I was (laughs) going to say, I never thought I'd be interesting enough to be on a podcast twice. No, just keep being yourself and we'll probably want you back on the podcast. That's probably how it's going to (laughs) work. Sounds good. I'll stop switching it up. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Carrie. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Nope. That was cool. She, I, we were talking about, I said we were going to go to Iceland next because Chris Picard, one of my favorite photographers, just opened up his second studio in Reykjavik, Iceland. And I was like, she sent it to me and she's like, we're going to Iceland next. I was like, yeah, I am saying yes. My wallet's probably saying no, saying but no. I'm saying yes. <laughs> so we'll do that That'd soon. Be fun. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. Well, uh, thank you everyone for joining this week. And I don't know what's in store for us next week. Yeah, we Who see. Knows? But we love you guys. Thanks for listening. 